not going to lie, I'm tired today. I am sleepy. You look tired. I look tired. Isn't it awful? <laughs> no, isn't it awful when people say that, though? You don't look tired. You look fresh <laughs> as uh, a young thing. All right. <laughs> Why are you tired, or Jess? Or a daisy. I don't, well, I don't know, really. Life. Oh, it's tiring, isn't it, life? <laughs> oh, in it. It can be in it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of bit of socialising at the weekend and possibly a, a late night too many. Here, I'll tell you what it is, Matt. Hit so, me. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's sugar and a little bit of not enough sleep. I'm really sensitive to not enough sleep, and we probably should do an episode on sleep. I'd quite like to do that from my bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> on location. <laughs> you, you could do it on your bed, and we could have pillow talk. Oh, <laughs> cute. So Too much? Sleep and sugar, I'm really sensitive to. Oh, yeah, but not, I mean, not tons. It's just I don't really eat sugar. I try to, I don't add sugar to anything. I try to, if I do add sugar as a sweetener, I try to make it like honey or like a natural sugar. Um, and also I try to eat low sugar. So I'll specifically see if there's sugar in it and if there's a less sugary alternative or I just won't have it. I don't eat sweets. I don't eat biscuits. I don't eat, um, you know, sugary stuff. Yeah. And so yep. <clears throat> socialising at the weekend, had quite a lot of sugar, let myself go. Such was my <laughs> want. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Be honest. Did you go on a Capri Sun, Ben? <laughs> You look like the man from Capri Sun today, dressed like that. <laughs> do, you, do you not mean the man from Del Monte? Or him. He says yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not passing any judgment on your uh, inability to say no or what you say yes to. <laughs> that was a lovely topical reference from the 80s. Or a tropical reference. <laughs> hey! Hey, oh. we've started! <laughs> okay, there we go. Right, happy with that. Next. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um anyway what have you been up to oh what haven't i been up to <laughs> anyway how are you says a man who says yes <laughs> let your imagination um, run wild <laughs> that's what i've been up to um, what have, what have i been up to you, you know this and that bit of the other bit of bit of fitness love a bit of fitness me um yeah it's quite well documented um <laughs> <laughs> you reminded me this morning that by the way it's very early can we not do them this early again? yes we won't do them this early again <laughs> listeners it's 10 to 8 oh 10 to 8 i had to get up at six this morning so that i was ready it might have been half six i can't remember it was so the numbers were single digits let's put it that way <laughs> was that so you could depilidate is that the word yourself depilidate Become, no depil. What is, to remove some hair. Depiller date. Does that mean remove from the pillow? <laughs> Your date. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I extract depilidated myself. Um, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? De, de, pil, what are you on de, about? De, de, I don't de, know. Describe what you mean. Don't just say random words that aren't the right word and then I expect me to know what you're talking about. Describe what you're so wanting to say. The process of removing hair. What? De, oh, de, depilation. Why would I depilate? That, there you Do go. Do you mean shave? I'm, I mean, I sure. <laughs> or veet. 
Do you like the fact that I... Oh, gosh, I've got a podcast recording where I'll be fully clothed. I'll get up early so that I can tweezer my hair out from my body and make sure I've got no strays. Well, you might be so hairy that the sound of the friction of your hairs rubbing together... Your imagination needs to calm the heck down this morning. I'm pre-breakfast. You are alive. (laughs) Imagination is alive. I woke up and I said to Mr. Jez, quickly, get the sander, do my back. Um, (laughs) Anyway, you reminded me last week when we were talking about fear, um, which also, P.S., which do you know should be capital P, capital P, uh, capital, it shouldn't, it should be capital P, capital S with no dots in the middle. That's the correct way to write PS. It, um, is it Latin? It feels yes, like it, it is Latin. Latin. Yes. Uh, but lots of people put P dot S dot, which is wrong, or little P's and S's, and that's wrong as well. It's capital PS. What would do, so does PPS not work? I think that's a bit made up. I think you probably shouldn't right. do Because I, I did genuinely get a letter once that had PS... Let me get this right. One, two, three. Yeah, I had four of them. PS, PPS, PPPS, PPPPS. And it wasn't a joke. It was a, oh, 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 oh. And you just think, oh, God, I mean, there's that many afterthoughts. Bloody edit the thing you've written. Do you know what I mean? Start again. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and then another letter the next day. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> um, yeah, I sort of felt that the whole fear episode could have been four times longer. It's such a big oh, yes. deal, isn't it? And. I'm finding actually this series to be very interesting in as much that I wonder where we go from here for series two and nine. Um, <laughs> and I I did wonder, I was sort of reflecting when we finished recording that maybe we should put it to our listener at the end of series one, which of the topics they found most resonant and that maybe we explore yeah. in more detail in series two or something, because it just the short episodes are so difficult to get everything across, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, a topic like fear is all-encompassing. But actually, revisiting the most resonating ones with an expert, for example, yeah. or with another opinion as well, uh, will be really fun. Yeah. And just give us that um, other dimension, other ways of other other perspectives yeah. on on what we're, whatever we're discussing. Would be rather embarrassing to find out that we were wrong about everything we'd spoken about. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, this is where precisely you went wrong. You did it again here. And by the end, you were so far off topic, you were talking about sheep. <laughs> Although... I mean, that does happen. We do edit it, so... You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, what, what was the deal, Matt? You said you had a, a thing. You said, I must uh, talk about fear because we didn't do something last episode. What... What are you uh, well, chastising well, me for? Well, we... <laughs> chastising. Your Jeff, Jessica chastised doesn't say it. Edit that out. It wasn't funny. Um, we said, OK, well, let's be super vulnerable and talk about our personal fears. Oh. And then we didn't, because we got carried away, <laughs> as is our want. Have you? Do you know what yours are? Do you carry them around with you? I have a tangible one that I can instantly... If someone says, what's your fear? I'll be like, spiders. But this is the oh. funny thing, again, because I mentioned that on the fear episode, like, mm-hmm. the, there has to be a cut-off point where a size suddenly is scary and a size below isn't. Yes. But even a, 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 like a mid-size one, that if I, if I see it from a distance in the house and can walk up to it, I'm fine. I can pick it up and put it outside. But oh. if I catch out the corner of my eye, it can be that, boy, it could be anything. Yeah. Which, which is so funny about fears, like that... Pr- I think it, it goes back to that primal, 
oh my god, I'm in danger. Yes. Feeling. That's interesting. I was in the shed last year cleaning it out, and I'm fine with mice. I think they're really cute. I used to have a pet mouse called Charlie. Oh. Um, oh. It was black and white. Um, oh. And uh, I was cleaning this shed out, and I moved something, and there was a dead mouse. Um, oh. So I moved. Was it Charlie? No. <laughs> I kept him. It was in a Tupperware. Um, so I moved the thing, and I'm not kidding, I surprised myself. So I did this weird, it was the strangest uh, physiological uh, response, like feeling, because it was like a double jump. I like double scared myself. So I saw the mouse and went, ah! Like that, and screamed really, really high-pitched loudly. And then sort of that startled me, because I'd never made that noise before. It was like this completely <laughs> instinctive, and I stood there going, the hell was that noise, and where did that come from? And it's only a mouse, and what have you... And I don't know what the... You know, what, what was the thing that surprised mm. me, that it could have been something else, like a big spider, or it could have been a... I don't know. It was. A, I've always sort of... There's always in the back of my mind thinking, what, what was that all... You know, all about. So, mm. but what if you named a spider? Would that make it less scary? If you sort of said, oh, that's Petunia, I'm making that... No. No, they did that on the Really Wild show in the 80s, and I remember watching a tarantula on TV and being like... I think, what was it? Uh, it had a funny name like Barbara or something, right. and I was still on TV. That's no thanks. And you were like, well, I'd still kill Barbara. <laughs> I'd, oh, I'd take yes. a spade to the back of Barbara's head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she'd never be seen again. <laughs> Oh. Um, is that it? You'd so spiders is your fear. Well, in terms of like tangible ones where you can go, what's your fear? Oh, that. But again, not really British ones, as long as I know where they are <laughs> at all times. Oh. <laughs> Introducing my patented spider tracker, <laughs> only $29.99. <laughs> Get it in the store. Um, well, mine, I don't, mine's going to sound ridiculous then compared to yours, because mine's a bit, well, fear is subjective. I have an innate fear of dying. I'm very scared, but it's more of loss. And it's not of me necessarily, it's of other people. I have a real, right. real intrinsic fear wow. of loss. Um, and I suspect it stems from childhood. I don't worry. About, I'm not one of those people that would say, oh, God, you're going on a plane. You know, text me when you get there. Are you, are you going to be okay? All that kind of jazz. I'm not one of those people that would say, oh, you're not going on that road, are you? Or don't go on the motorway. I'm not that person. But mm. just the, the idea of if there's a scene in a movie where something dies, it could be a stick insect, it could be anything, you know, someone's got emotional attachment to it. Um, right. Or where someone, like if they break up even, you know, and mm. and, and their relationship ends or something, Ooh. I get really sort of upset about that. I get really... Um, so, yeah, fear of loss is, is a big fear of mine. I wouldn't say... I don't think I have any other... Fears, and you'd think you'd know, wouldn't you? Like when you were saying, you know, if someone yeah. says what you're scared of, you instinctively go, oh, well, that's spiders for me. Yeah, um, blamange. I, <laughs> I sort of feel no. I need another one that's not... You know when I think you're at a party? Like if we were socially yes. out, which of course never, never, yes. never going to happen. Um, but um, <laughs> Ridiculous. If we were. You know, so it was, oh, you know, what are you scared of? And you went, oh, spiders. And someone else went, oh, I don't know, my mother-in-law. And someone else went, oh, something else. <laughs> and then I went, death. Scared of loss, intrinsic scared of loss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd kill the mood. I know. I need another one, like, oh, pink pebbles. <laughs> oh, oh, stop it. Oh, no. Oh, no, you stop. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
So maybe we should. What about something trendy? Uh, look, I don't think you like... can pick a fear, Matt. I don't think it's not like there's a list of fears where you go. <laughs> you go into like a fear store and say, "I need a new fear." Right? Okay. What sort of category are we, are we talking? Trendy fears. Uh, I've got some morbid ones. Uh... Have you got any with a hood? Yeah. Matt, this... Maybe I'm best in the morning. <laughs> this has turned into one of those episodes of uh, Trixie and Catcher. Do you ever watch those on YouTube? My yes, God. I do. Um, what a laugh. Anyway, <clears throat> so I think we should do something on Instagram about fear and also that sort of maybe that ties into this week i don't know um so if you yeah, want to share your fears i think it'd be very interesting to see i'll tell you what we should do we should do a poll you love a poll maybe i'm not rising to that do you have uh, a fear or not so we could kind of poll our listener yep. to see how many of them got fears how many they haven't maybe what the most common fear is because you know we think we've got those yes ones. And that actually does dovetail, my favourite word, to what we're talking about today, values. Because I think very much once you understand your values a bit more, maybe that actually could help with your fears. Because it could maybe help you understand where they came from and why you still hold on to them. See, the values thing is... uh, It's one of those things that I think is... There are a couple of things in life that I think are really interesting because they're important for human beings to understand. And for me... So from a behavioural perspective, I think there are lots of that are just absolutely obvious things that you should know and understand about yourself. Mm. But actually, very, very few people, unless they find themselves in a situation or position where they're forced to do it, i.e. Um, therapy or emotional trauma or repair after rupture, mm. um, that they don't ever explore that. So... Um, a case in point might be, uh, for example, um, very rarely do we either write a list of or actively know what it is that makes us happy in life. You know, we just sort of, yeah. you know, we, we don't know those consciously. You know, you have to, you know, if I said, you know, you know, name me 20 things that make you happy, you'd have to really think about it. Um, whereas, mm. you know, core needs is another thing off the back of, I suppose, that, you know, what are your core needs? I, I don't know. And that's really interesting because intrinsically, like incredible priority for us to know what our core needs are and whether or not they're being met um mm. which in turn helps you to adapt or not adapt or uh you know in, uh, massively impacts your response to things as well and the same thing with values it's just one of those things that i think well everybody needs to know where mm. your value what your values are and where your values sit with certain things because values i think are what help form our boundaries right and oh Yes. When your boundaries are compromised, that's when we react in different ways or unpredictable ways because we're not consciously aware of this is my value about this and mm. it influences my boundary of this because this is acceptable for me and this is not. I'm comfortable with this, but not this. Yeah, so <clears throat> so the, the value thing, I suspect, in fact, I know there will be an awful lot of people listening who have never even considered what their yes. values are in a very you know academic sense like that if you like yes and it doesn't need to be scary or dry but and actually what you what you just said about boundaries and values can help explain people's emotions to them so people might not be knowing people might not know if they haven't done any work on their values or, or even like work makes it sound tedious and it absolutely doesn't have to be but if they don't if you don't understand what's guiding you yes. 
or what, what's really important to you underneath it all, then you might be getting upset about things and not know why. Yes. But then you can retrofit it were you, as we're going to help you later on in this episode with an exercise, help you determine and understand what are your values, what's important to you. Like, use it, and then you can use them as your North Star, as sailors used to do to guide them around the world. Sure. That can be what guides you forward, helps you make better decisions, helps you just live a happier life on your terms. And yes, set those boundaries because they are so crucial. Without boundaries, and actually boundaries for you make other people happy because they yes. know how to better act around you as well. Yeah. So I'm all about the boundaries. And, and maybe, you know, there's an exercise, well, there are a number of exercises you were saying we're going to explore one about values, but boundaries is another one that perhaps we should um, look at because I think helping people understand what your boundaries are, which can be as simple mm. as what what's acceptable to me and what's not acceptable to me yeah. in any given Absolutely. situation. So, you know, how... And you could think about it really pathologically. So you can think about it about food. That's a, probably a good analogy to start with. So if someone's going to cook me dinner, mm-hmm. how much salt is too much salt and how much salt is not enough? You know, am I, uh, no, no, no yeah. I like my food with no salt whatsoever. And then I can put my own in or do I just not eat salt or do I like it really salty? Well, that again, those varying degrees of acceptance of things that feel right and good for you are the yeah. same relationally as well. You know, how much time do I need on my own? even though I live with my partner? You know, how much time do I um, need uninterrupted from work so that I've got actually some... You know, one of the things I was talking to a client with recently, um, because I don't coach many clients anymore, but I still do, and it's quite... It's an insight, really, when you're not doing it all the time as much Mm -hmm. as I was, because you pick up on things that you think actually are... that's, that's very normal to explore in the coaching field, but actually because you're not doing it all the time, it sort of stands out a little bit more which I think is more valuable actually for me. And uh, we were talking about how uh, this person was getting very snappy at uh, demands on their time. So somebody would send them an email and their initial response would be uh, to sort of kick back at the fact that they were being pestered and they had loads of stuff to do and yet again another email. So their sort of secondary yeah. emotion was was a reaction to that demand on their time. But of course that's because their primary emotion is one of not getting enough time for themselves uh you mm. know they don't they don't have stuff to do that, that that makes them happy or whatever which maps onto that core need of exactly what we're talking about a boundary that is well i need mm. time for me i i, I want to read on my own or i want to walk the dog or i want to i don't know listen to music and i'm not getting that because mm. i'm allowing all these other things to happen and encroach on my time so i think values are gosh probably an awful lot more important than we think they are huh I think they are. And actually, that example and the one you mentioned about even living with someone, it doesn't have to be a partner, it could be a flatmate. Yeah. People, if, uh, people who maybe call themselves people pleasers get into that habit of just saying yes and agreeing to yes. whatever the other person wants to do. But actually, then resenting whatever they're doing that they didn't really want to do. Yeah. Um, cause it, and which the other person doesn't know about because they haven't had boundaries set for them. Yeah. And that's why both people communicating and I, like in any relationship breakdown, it's com- it's communication and expectations expected versus met versus communicated, which is generally the sort of why people aren't working things out. Yeah. And I think once people as once people know that, like oh, like you said, I I am more of an introvert or I need time to yes. relax and read and be by myself. The other person doesn't mind that. They go off and do whatever they want. Yeah. It's when it's not communicated that the person one doesn't want to be bombarded or do stuff all the time. That's when 
the issues arise. Yeah, exactly that. And I think um, being able to communicate your values is not a weakness. It's not saying... No, it's opposite. Uh, exactly that. And, and it's not... A, any reflection of your confidence either. It's not saying, oh, I, I, I need this comfort blanket, you know, or I need to hold this mm. teddy bear. Uh, it's not a pacifier. It's a fundamental core oh. human need that, you know, your, it's a different way of thinking about it is, you know, what's your belief system or where do you sit with xenophobia, with uh, racism, with homophobia? You know, what mm. are your values as a human being? You know, how, uh, how do you express love? How do you... Mm. you know what what sort of things do you value and what do you not value if you were to walk around your home today here's maybe an exercise people could do is walk around your house and if you were moving house or if you were told that you've got to reduce everything um you know you're moving from where you are to a house that's half the size or a flat that's half the size or something what do you value so much Mm. that you would have to take even if it meant that your new place was cluttered because it just it just wasn't big enough for the stuff that you want to take. And what stuff do you not value so much that you yep. could let go of? You know, there's a reason why we're surrounded by stuff. We will probably like the mm. stuff that's around us. Very few people dislike the stuff they've got, otherwise you wouldn't have it. <laughs> um, but some things you value intrinsically more than others. Jez, I want you to imagine you're at a party. Now, in case you're unclear, that's a gathering of people who like each other. Right. I'm Maybe there as a guest, presumably. <laughs> well, you're tapping at the window. <laughs> Pouring at the window like a kitten in a microwave. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) delicious. And like that question about fear at the start, someone, like, all the people are talking and like, okay, Jez, what's your number one value? Um, Oh, that's a question for me. Yeah, so you weren't ready for that. Kindness. Oh. Uh, Sincerely, uh, 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 kindness. Mm. I think if, um, if we all worked better at, if we all worked more at being uh, better at being kind, and if there was more kindness in the world, then mm. uh, socially and uh, you know literally, I think we would all get on a lot more. We'd all be a lot. We'd, we'd all be a little bit more understanding as well, because I think kindness leads to so many secondary. It softens so many things, um, and I find that an act of kindness is often very selfless and you know in turn makes other people feel good and feel better about themselves and you in turn through the act of reciprocity feel good about yourself and um yeah i think kind of massively undervalued lovely and yours what's yours oh more more cats in microwaves ah okay yeah yeah, fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh no mine is inclusivity making sure everyone has a seat at the table and feels welcomed whenever they want to yeah. basically in I, I hate the thought and I guess maybe that actually now I say it is maybe a fear of mine of not being included which is why um, I work so hard to make sure everyone does feel yes part of conversation but, and it could be a singular like this fictional party we're talking about making sure people don't feel like they're just standing by the buffet table <clears throat> and they've not haven't been included in the conversation do you get a little bit of FOMO no, no I get I get um what's <laughs> Projected FOMO for other people. Promo. Pro- <laughs> Homo? <laughs> when I want to be at home, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, generally I'm okay with... I don't think it's missing out because I'm really good at doing other stuff or entertaining myself. Sure. Okay. But I, I don't, you're right, I don't want other people to have FOMO. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that's kindness, isn't it? I, I mean, ultimately, kindness... Sh- 
yeah, it does underpin who I am as well. Yeah. But I wanted to be a bit more specific in terms because I, I that feeling of yeah, just yeah. want people to feel yeah, yeah, together and included. included. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Well, <clears throat> I think that leads very beautifully onto book of the week, Matt. Book of the week. Sing the jingle. Sing the new jingle you wrote, Matt. What was that, Jez? <laughs> yes, Matt. On behalf of all of our listeners, please do sing to us again this week. Time for book of the week, my friend. <laughs> Words on pages we read to the end. What will be Jez's? Probably a textbook. What will be Matt's? Let's take a look. You're welcome. <laughs> You've really got into this. <laughs> started off. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you really need to. Matt, Matt has lyrics. <laughs> Printed on, on a big card. <laughs> this is not just from the back of his mind, like it has been every other episode. Suddenly, yes. it's taken on a whole lyricist <laughs> turn. Because oh, you do live in the same town as Tim Rice, don't you? I do. Or city, as you like to call it. Oh, London. Yes. <laughs> that's, I thought, like, <laughs> that's so unspecific. I mean, you do live in the same hemisphere as Tina Turner. <laughs> no, but you know, there must you must know him. Don't you all know each other in London? It's very yeah, small, isn't it? Yeah, yes. I always get the Tims confused, so I have to say Tim Robbins Rice Curry, and then I remember the, who the three Tims are. As opposed to Peak. Oh, well, I mean, he's... He's the new Tim on the block. Tim, Tim <laughs> Robbins, who's that? He is, oh no, oh he is married, he was, is or was married to Susan Sarandon. Who's Susan Sarandon? Oh, get out. No, I'm not very good with famous she, people. Who is she? She? <laughs> she is, she was, her biggest role was in uh, Thelma and Louise with Gina Davis. Uh, I've not seen that. Okay, fine, that's why I don't know her. And who's the other one? Tim Curry, oh no, Tim Curry. And then yes, from is Tim, Legend and Clue. Is Tim Curry dead? If he is, you don't have to whisper. Okay. But I don't, I don't think so. No, I, Who? Tim Curry? Tim Curry? Did you? Yeah. Say? Do you know what's really annoying? Is I think he might be one of those people that on Twitter is his. He, I think his Twitter is something like "Yes, me, no, I'm not dead" because he's like one of those. <laughs> you know, those, no. there's a few actors and celebrities that are always sort of banded around that they're yes. dead or not here anymore and they pop up and go nope no I am I'm just not working as much <laughs> as I was but I'm definitely not dead <laughs> I I can confirm he is alive alive oh, oh. and he's 75 oh wow oh well Tim Curry if you're listening uh, congratulations and um, I, I would love you as a guest and I love his work he's a great actor I, and what I love about Tim Curry yes. great range really good comedy actor but my <laughs> god some <laughs> serious stuff and very yes, good. he does have the range. And who was the other one? And I like the idea, uh, Tim Rice. I like the idea that Tim Rice and Tim Curry are friends because then they're Rice and Curry, they, and they're maybe a crime-solving duo. They might not Ooh, be. who live in the Midlands. They should be. Oh yeah, but you you could yes. And if they were best of friends, they'd be called Christ, wouldn't they? <laughs> Christy is Christy coming? Christ. Yeah, they're both coming. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Would they still solve crimes? Do you want me to get rid of the boring to... one first and then you can do your exciting <laughs> book? I mean, it's probably a textbook. <laughs> it is not. Uh, but it's not fiction. Because we're talking about values. So as you know, I only read sensible adult books. Boring. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is why I'm so <sighs> colourful, intelligent, well-read, uh, diverse, deep. 
Um, Tedious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all of those things. <laughs> so I read a lot of um, biographies and also... Yeah. <clears throat> yes, I do read a lot of textbooks. So I thought I would pick somebody today who, for me, represented values. Um, so the book of the week this week is called Robin, and it is by Dave Itzkoff. It's a Pam Macmillan book. And it is the definitive biography of Robin Williams, the actor. So I'm a massive fan of Robin Williams. Met mm. him and technically worked with him once. Um, the most joyfully lovely person. Big fan of his... Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. Can you tell us about that? Tell us about that briefly. Uh, so it was in a... Uh, it was at a birthday party of somebody relatively, well, extremely well-known... Um, and had a little cabaret review show and I was working doing a bit of my cabaret and Robin did a stand-up set of, well, it was supposed to be 20 minutes, it went on almost an hour um, <laughs> and uh, we were all together in like a little green room holding space backstage and uh, we had a lovely conversation. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, really, and, and actually most people sort of, most people sort of left him alone. I don't know whether that was because of the fact that he was, you know, so famous and who he was, maybe they were intimidated mm. or whatever, or... But there was a general, there was a lot of famous people at this party. So I think it was a general kind of, you know, oh, you know, it's another equally famous person or whatever. Obviously, clearly, <laughs> hello, there are a lot of entirely not famous people there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think I fell into the wives, girlfriend and others category. Everyone just looked at me and Wife. assumed that I was, <laughs> yeah. So the thing about Robin Williams, though, that's really interesting is that obviously he has a well-documented uh, period where he was uh, using drugs and a little bit addicted to substance abuse and, uh, and to alcohol as well. And also, you know, had throughout all of his life troubles with <clears throat> depression and, and um, mental health challenges. But of all of the people that have a legacy and all of the people that are very well known, it's not mm. because of the dark stuff that we remember Robin and that, that mm. is, it, it's for his values of laughter and kindness and humanity um, because he was such a great comic actor and mm. was so well loved at just being a really lovely person. You know, he wasn't arrogant, he wasn't grandiose, he was just Robin. And... One of the stories that a lot of people aren't aware of is that Robin Williams had written into his contract of work. So he had a minimum salary. So yes, you can engage me, but it's going to be not less than this. And had a very specific set of criteria in his contract. And one of them was that um, in order for you to engage Robin, you had to employ for the duration of the filming local hmm. homeless people. So he had to give them a job as part of his contract. Otherwise, he wouldn't entertain working with them. So you had to go find some homeless people, pay them and give them a job doing, I would imagine, unless they were skilled, it would have been menial tasks like being a runner or yeah. helping clear up or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they got to work, they got purpose, they got value, got to spend time around oh. people and they got paid. And that, for me, sums up values because... The values that we live by, the things that we decide are right and just in the world, the things that we decide are wrong, and the, the things mm. that we decide, perhaps more importantly, that are important and that should be done, yeah. help define who we are. They help define who, how we think, they help define how we behave, and of course, more importantly, they help define the consequences 
of our actions as well. So um, there are a number of people that stand out for me when we think about um, values, and Robin Williams mm. is one of those. And this is, as Steve Martin says, the definitive biography of the genius of Robin Williams. If you're interested at all, oh. it's a really good book. It's a thickie. That's that's okay. Uh, that's uh, that's amazing though, and that's so right. And love that using his might is work is way yes. for good as well in such a positive ripple effect way. Sure, sure. Oh, that's so lovely. It is lovely, that's, isn't it? It yeah. just gives you the... Yeah. What's nice is when you hear that, you feel that warmth that you often feel yes. when you see him work. You know, like Mrs. Doubtfire, my go-to film for a rainy Sunday or from feeling a bit crappy. <laughs> uh, and it gives you that warmth. It gives you that fuzz, uh, as does most of his, his work, actually. Yeah. So, Matt, Aww. let's hear about yes. a completely made-up waste of time... <laughs> <laughs> So many beautiful things that happen for real in the world, but let's hear about something that someone's made up. Uh, my BOTW is, which no one's calling it, is essentially... Hashtag. Botwa. Um, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about it being the same. Clearly, it's very different, what with it being The Handmaid's Tale by the wonderful Margaret oh, Atwood. Oh, wow. Tell, so tell me more about this, because I only found out recently that this is a book. I watched a clip of this from the TV show, I think on Gogglebox, yes. and was blown away, and it sounded... And I yes. had a friend of mine describe it to me, who'd watched it, yes. and I was like, jaw on the floor, oh my gosh, this sounds dark and thrilling and amazing. Yes. And so t I'm excited to hear whether the book is the same. Uh, the book is a trillion times better. Oh, the wow. TV show is fine. Fine. In the, no, the first series is good. The second series goes off and I haven't watched anymore because I don't need to because the book gave me, and the sequel, The Testaments, gave me everything. Wow. Um, the reason this is about values is this is about values as a society and it's terrifying how real this feels. This was written in 1996 and in a nutshell, a far-right uh, faction takes over most of America called Gilead, it recalls it Gilead, strips away women's rights, women aren't allowed to work, own money, anything, and then it gets boiled down even further and further. Like, women are separated by different um, style... Uh, well, I can't think of the word. No, um, um, yeah, we're just separate, different categories. Right. And handmaids of the title are kept by a man and woman for uh, providing... Oh, that's it. Sorry, there's been chemical warfare or whatever and uh, fertility rates of women has plummeted and men I guess have plummeted in America so women who can still have babies who are become handmaids are prized and kept by rich men and women just for the purposes of the man of the house to do the sex with to try and create an heir oh my gosh so they're like a baby factory it's, yeah yeah gosh. and Oof. it's just terrifying because it's so real and so oh hold on Is, are we on the precipice of falling into this uh. Um, and this is the thing about fascism and the rise of the far right. People think it's going to come goose-stepping into your square like we see Nazi footage of. Sure. But it isn't. It's the insidiousness of small... Uh -huh. of, our, of our values and boundaries being nudged. And we go, oh, okay, we'll accept that. Oh, yeah. okay, we'll accept that. And then all of a sudden, you've got the worst-case scenario yeah. and it has crept up on you as opposed to... It hasn't flown in and dropped bombs. It's like, oh, suddenly my neighbour is whatever. Yes. For example, not my neighbours. They're lovely. If they to this. <laughs> they definitely were. not Nazis. <laughs> um, and it's it's a brilliantly written from uh, different perspectives throughout, and just 
it's it's brutal. It's a hard read in terms of what happens to some of the people, and and just and and you go well. How would why would a woman ever be persuaded to do that to another woman? Like some of the women sure. in charge are really awful torturers, but it's not. It's that creeping pervasiveness again that just well, if I accept this, maybe I'll accept that, and all of a sudden she's chopping off someone's hand. Wow. Like it's a br- honestly, Jez. I know you don't like the fictions. No. This is. So, no, this is so brilliant. <laughs> it sounds good. I think I would prefer, because I don't like, one of my boundaries is that I don't like to watch horror. I don't like uh, gore and... Uh, actually, it stems from I don't like people being nasty to other people. I find that very difficult to watch, even though I know it's fictional. So I think I would probably yeah. find reading about it easier um, yes. uh, rather than having to watch it. Gosh, Amazing. Yes, the handmade stuff. It's very famous, isn't vintage. it? Vintage. Vintage. Yes, saying. yes, vintage, vintage. And then the sequel, which came out last year or the year before, won the Booker. Yeah, the Booker. A joint win with actually another book I'm intending to read, called Girl, Woman, Other. But okay. uh, still, co first co winner, and it was and also very good. Well, look at that, the handmade tale. Remind me who it's by. Oh, Margaret Atwood. Margaret Atwood, who's written right. lots of amazing things. As I well. bet she's doing all right now. <laughs> that's why she she's just in it for the money for the filthy Luca she's down Croydon Market flogging her books give me a readies that's how she speaks no she's American she's not she's not a cockney oh dear um, she probably lives in the Hamptons now now oh you said that quite dismissively well I'm sure there are nice people that live in the Hamptons. I'm just yet to meet them. So, uh, what do we... That's probably half of my um, uh, VIP clientele just gone. It won't work with me anymore. So, there we go. No more summering for you in Cape Cod. Exactly, yes. Uh, those yachts are all gone now. So, what do, um, uh, what do you value uh, most at home, dear listener? And how do you find out, Matt... Perhaps you could help us with this. Well, Jez, funny you should ask. So an exercise that I have done and I was taught and really helped me, and you can do this for different portions of your life. So I did it for my personal life and also for help me understand the business that I run, Fit to Confident You. And actually, of course, there's a big crossover, but sometimes there are are separate things. So this is about helping you understand not just your values, but which values do you value <laughs> the most? So I'm going to help you create prioritizing your, your values. There you go. Hierarchy of values uh-huh. uh, and a lowerarchy of values. <laughs> no one ever talks about that. <laughs> Sorry, there might be a reason why. Uh, I came up with well, there's nutrition. What about old trition? Uh. Anyway, we'll we'll park that for now. Um, so what I'd like you to do is. Don't do this on your phone or laptop or any distractions. Grab a pen and paper or pencil or scribe or parchment or crayon and wax. I don't know. Um, Or blood. And sit down and clear your head and just start writing whatever. Start thinking about what's important to you and just write down whatever comes out. So that could be completely abstract things like uh, good food, my sister. Uh, sisters, I should say, if they're both listening. That was an example. I realised I should probably make it personalised to me. Uh, exercise, good fortune, TV, like anything you that you enjoy and is important to you, just write it down as a cloud and just scribble, 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 scribble for 10 minutes or however long until you can't scribble anymore. And then leave it. It is. And come back to it maybe the next day and see if anything else pops out. 
Just and just don't worry about ordering it yet. Just scribble, 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 and then leave it, and then come back to it the next day. Or you can fast forward it if you want, but then come back to it again and then start putting them in order. Like what is genuinely of these things the most important? And like I said, some can be tangible, some can be kindness or anything like that. And you might know the number one thing, but then under that you might have different things. And then if there are two or three that you can't separate, imagine not having one of them and the one you really can't imagine having obviously goes above the other one. I don't want any... Uh, joint winners in this case I want a list of however many values in a hierarchy how do you feel about them apples? well I mean how's that for the price of fish? I um, <laughs> yeah no I like that I think that works really well so what do you do with it then? So, and, and actually interestingly the things that you know are most important to you aren't sort of explicitly your values are they? these are the things that are most important to you in life broadly but from that, yeah. you determine your values because you ask, Absol- so absolutely. what is that about? You know, so if you've written, um, uh, let me give you an example. So I've written good tea. So that, that that's important to me. You know, I don't like yeah. rubbish tea. I like a really good hot cup of tea, very specific. But what's that? That's not, that's not necessarily a value in life, is it? But what is it about? There's a value that, that forms the fact that what's important to me is um, good tea. I guess that would be to do with respecting what you put in your body. Exactly. And respecting what you... uh, A a value is enjoying an element of food, nutrition, uh, and and prioritising that. So whenever possible, you have that because you know it will light you up and lift you up and you'll enjoy that moment. And you deserve to enjoy that. And it's about core needs, right? It's about understanding that there are things that we have to have that we need in our life that are really important and and core needs are are massively uh uh, undervalued and and perhaps ignored by a lot of people or unknown actually by unknown many people as well another one i you i believe don't quite like a bit of time in the garden so you might have put gardening down yes i did and then the value there you go value connected with that would be that, so that's actually you you having you time yes. more than just garden. Yes, but equally, I'm sure you love the process of of, of getting your hands dirty, growing stuff yes. and seeing what comes out. But it's that, if you dial it back, it's this is how I, maybe almost meditative time. Exactly that. I also put sex. Um, Great. So, um, uh, moving on. Now, Matt, I'd just like to say that, because we're sort of rapidly at the end of this week's show, aren't we, uh, already? It's not fair, Matt. Um the shirt. I just want to pick up on this, my little... Oh, my shirt? Yes, my little sunflower. Um, yes. I, I'd like you to not wear that next week. Um, now, bear with me. <laughs> I, I think you should show off some more of our lovely merch because we have new oh, yes. merch that has just landed. We have got exciting new merch, including Touch of the Bear yes. T-shirts. And your favourite, uh, your favourite phrase. Beauty fades. Dumb is forever. G- dumb is forever. I was going to say Jez is forever. <laughs> That's fine. That's absolutely fine. There'll be a new special edition one coming out. <laughs> um, and also a really cool uh, Proud to be Human a limited edition t-shirt as well with the uh, Love that. human rainbow effect on it. Um, so I'd like you to wear that next week if that's okay. I'm on it. Like a car. Oh, it will, it'll be on me, on it. actually. Yes, okay. Uh, and I too will wear some as well. 
I'm writing a little note there to remind me because sometimes when I get Delightful. dressed in the morning, you're not the one I'm thinking of. So uh, <laughs> good. That will <laughs> that will remind me that uh, <laughs> I should probably wear something more appropriate. Bam. Matt, if people want to join us and uh, yes. they, they want to, you know, hear more, and as we career through these twenty-three episodes, utter nonsense. What do they need to do? And where can they find us? Well, we're all up in your internet. We are all up on the on the Instagrams and the Twitters uh, at that human podcast. Give us a follow. Uh, lovely, funny clips to give you a taster of what's happened and what's to come. We'll give you a heads up on the themes to come as well. There's the link to the playlist, which I forgot to mention last week. So every week, there's a five-song playlist. So it's the same playlist and five new songs for that theme are added to it. Ponder Spotify. I cannot uh, wait to hear this week's playlist based on values. <laughs> oh, well, you hold on to your hat. I'm, I'm withholding my horses. I cannot wait. <laughs> amazing uh, but yes get in touch let us know anything you want us to explore we've got the next few episodes planned out but we're always open to listening to what you think would help you most as well as a human human and don't forget of course <laughs> to uh, subscribe as well because every week this is a weekly podcast so you weekly. will no doubt forget as you get whipped up into the storm of life and forget and then the next thing you know you've got to listen to five hours of us to catch up and well <laughs> frankly that, what a treat. Sh- that should be prescribed what a treat. shouldn't it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and this is going to take us to the end of the year amazingly it is uh, wow I can't wait for the so, Christmas special <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't wait for 2022 with our special guest Stephen Fry I cannot wait um, <laughs> hey, we've got six months to make it right. Happen. I know. That's the commitment. <laughs> Ask the universe. <laughs> oh, Matt. Uh, I, Amazing. I would love to talk to you more, but frankly, my eyes cannot take that shirt for much more. So I am <laughs> going to go and find a dark room to lay down in and rest them. Um, and uh, I hope everybody else that meets you today enjoys your cheerful sunniness. Um, Thank you. If not from your shirt, from your face. Ah, oh, back at you. Say goodbye, Matt. Goodbye, Matt. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We will speak to you and interact with you very, very soon. Bye-bye.